Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Long Shot Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Duncan Robinson, here with Davis Reed. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that we're brought to you by 342 Productions. Yes. Uh, but we got a fun one for you today. We want to hear the people. We wanted to hear what you had to say. Uh, decided to do a little mailbag episode. And uh, we got some great questions, uh, some great feedback, and we're excited to dive into it. Yep. We, uh, we said we were going to do one of these every 10-ish episodes. We did one on episode nine, and now we're at 23, which means we were due for one. We're here Long together overdue. in LA. So we thought, why not fire up an LA mailbag? Yeah, we figured these are especially better in person. So while we are still together here in person, uh, it, it made sense to knock it out. But before we get into that, we wanted to briefly talk about the NBA Finals. Game one was Tuesday night. Really an impressive performance by the Suns. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I kind of saw that coming in game one for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of the main one being that the Suns are really good. And I, I think Milwaukee's really good. But I think any time that you try to re-enter a player like Giannis back into a lineup, I think there's a, it would be the perception would be that that would be an automatic boost, which obviously he's he's very impactful. I mean, two-time MVP. But those last two games you saw of the of the of the Milwaukee Atlanta series, the Bucks were so connected and they started to develop that rapport that whenever you insert somebody back into a lineup, things start to change because then all of a sudden shot distribution looks different. And that doesn't mean that that's not me saying that the Bucks are better without Giannis. That's that's not what I'm saying. It's just that certain guys get comfortable playing a certain way and then when you shake up the lineup like that then all of a sudden you're playing differently as a team um but that's not to take any credit away from the suns i think there's some other interesting kind of things to look at the size one being really interesting i mean brooke played well when you're looking at the box score but he kind of got played off the floor in that second half so it's not the first time that that's happened no it has it happened a lot in that that brooklyn series um it didn't happen in in our series just because he was always being so dominant whether it be his you know defensive presence and, and the ability for him to just kind of sit in the paint and be disruptive now you're seeing him opening the game try to switch ball screens and the suns quickly kind of exploited that so i think that's a really interesting thing to kind of follow is how whether or not brooke can stay on the floor and that ultimately will lead to if he can milwaukee having having a size advantage but i think that moving forward you're going to see a lot of Giannis at the five you're going to see a lot of Giannis as a screener and you're going to see more bobby portis um even though bobby was getting kind of called up as well. He was at least, you know, kind of making it difficult. Um, but that's my take. Obviously, I'm not an NBA head coach. I don't know. What do you think? I ha I thought Milwaukee was going to win yesterday. I just had a feeling. I like Milwaukee's size, like you said. I thought defensively they were going to be able to slow down CP3 and Book. They didn't. It seemed like those guys were able to get to whatever they wanted to whenever they wanted to. I think an interesting thing to see, look at moving forward is going to be who Drew matches up with. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Drew Drew can't guard everybody. Right. You know, so whether he's you know guarding CP or, or guarding Book, I think he started on Book. Um, but yeah, he, he can't guard everybody. The, the other thing, I think this is a good opportunity to shout out Jay Crowder because he is, 
he's a unique asset in that he's so strong. He's only 6'6", 6'7", but he's so strong, so he can guard big. So he's starting on Brook Lopez. And then on the other end, he's a really good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. He didn't shoot it great. But the fact that he's taking those and, and being aggressive in those moments makes it that you can't just sit in the paint, which is what Milwaukee tends to be so good at is protecting the paint. Um, and he, he constantly drags his man out. So if if you're able to get by with him guarding a center, it's really then hard for that center to turn around and match up on him. Now, obviously, Brooks not guarding him. He's guarding Aiton. But still, that versatility uh, is is really effective. It's something that obviously doesn't show up in a box score, but it makes a difference in a game. Yep. Uh, quick shout-out to DeAndre Aiton also. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been... He's been amazing. Yeah, the whole playoffs, he, and he's really been good. Like you said, I think that's going to be another interesting piece to look forward to as we see what happens with Brook. Yeah. And let's remember, you know, it's it's game one. By the time this episode comes out, game two will be that night. But, uh, you know, that the saying is the series doesn't start until somebody wins on the road. So, or loses at home, however you want to flip that. But since we're doing shout outs, you shout out DeAndre Aiden. I yeah. want to shout out friend of the program, Moritz Wagner, in a heroic qualifying performance for Team Germany. Heroic. He's headed to Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, MVP of the qualifying tournament. I don't know what, what it is exactly called. Qualifying round. Uh, qualifying round. Yeah. 28 in the championship in peak Moritz form, you know, in passing lanes, out doing that ugly one-handed dunk that he does, yep. followed by kind of like the grilling to the bench, which... You know, I, I personally could do without, but at the same time, when you're his teammate, you love it because it gets you fired up. Yep. A um, couple spin moves, a couple drive right yeah. spin lefts. Oh, man, just vintage Wagner. Uh, that that was fun to watch to see him for his country. I mean, that's special to, to catapult your country into the Olympics. That is no small feat uh, against a, a good Brazil team as well. So that was fun watching him over the weekend and uh, going to be even more fun watching him in the Olympics. Yes, it means he's not coming to my wedding, which I'm a little disappointed by, but him going to the Olympics is probably a so more selfish. significant event. It's a so little selfish. selfish of mine. I told him if he were a good friend, he would have thrown the game. Instead, he did the opposite right. and won MVP. So I think it was also him a, a way of him saying he didn't want to come to my wedding, which... It's fine. Well, that's strong. I'm sure he would love to have been there. Uh, anyways, we'll transition here into the mailbag. Basically, full disclosure, I haven't seen a lot of these questions. Dave's just going to fire them off. Uh, but I've I've heard whispers that there's some great stuff in here. So I'm excited to get to them. Yeah, there's good stuff. A lot of good questions. We'll see how many we can get to. I've pulled like my favorite 20 probably. Wow. I think it's unrealistic we get to that many. That seems, that seems like a hefty ask. Well, we'll just go and yeah. we'll see... We'll see what happens. I'm going to start with one that's very prevalent right now, which is just what's a day in the life of an off-season NBA player look like? Sure, that's a good one. Um, so right now, um, we're out here on the West Coast uh, checking in from Southern California. So basically, I, I will say I, I have a great setup out here. I really do. You know, we're, I'm, I'm waking up at anywhere between 6 and 6.15, uh, making some breakfast, putting together some breakfast, I should say. I'm not really making any food. Uh, I, I've been very fortunate to have somebody. Uh, Susie has been killing the game uh, with, with the food, so she's kind of hooked me up with the smoothie station and all this sort of stuff. Highlight of the trip. So Highlight far. of the trip, yeah. for sure. Uh, it's a business trip, by the way, not a vacation. Anyways, uh, up somewhere between 6, 6.15, 
I've learned this about being in LA. Everything's at least 20 minutes. So there's a little bit of a drive, 20 to 30 minutes out to uh, my strength and performance workout. I don't want to call it a lift because it's not a lift. It's it's basically like everything movement related. Uh, we obviously are, are touching weights and lifting, but it's so much more than that. That ends up being like an hour and 45 to two hours. It's like a longer session uh, just because it's a lot of, like I said, it's a lot of stretching. It's a lot of mobility. It's not stretching, I should say. It's like gaining strength in those end range positions, um, which has been, it's perfect for me because a huge emphasis for me has been gaining more mobility and just being able to move better. So that's been great. Uh, so that takes us from about, you know, 7.30 to 9.30 at which, uh, you know, I, I have a little snack in between and then I go to my court workout uh, after that. And that one's about somewhere between, you know, an hour and 15 to an hour and a half. Uh, a lot of movement in that as well, you know, just given the way that I play, uh, you know, always having to move and, and have a high conditioning level. So we get that workout in and it's back home for lunch. Uh, hanging here for a little bit. I go through like a little stretching routine afterwards just to kind of let my body like fully kind of cool down. And then from there, some combination of kind of do what you want, like take a nap, uh, maybe go hit some golf balls for a little bit. You know, if there's other stuff, podcasting stuff that I have to of do. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Occasionally get some shots at night, you know, just some, some spots, nothing too serious uh, at that point, just because after the first two in the morning, I'm, I'm pretty much spent. Um, so the rest of the day is basically spent with recovery at night. I'll, a lot of times, at least three or four times a week, I'll either have uh, physical therapy, which is just kind of, you know, more maintenance than anything. And then also a massage occasionally. Yes. Uh, but it's not like, this is the thing. It's not like a feel good, you know, massage. It's like a deep tissue, like get in there type of massage. Oh, it's painful. Yeah. But you're coming out better on the other side. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple follow-ups for you. One, you left out getting sun. You've built that into your schedule. I have built that into you have it's a pretty, nice, it's, you have a, a I, nice golden color going for thank you. Right you. Now. That's, that's yeah, kind yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's pretty easy to get sun out here. Uh, I have a great, I'd like to think, I mean, you acknowledged it, but I have a nice yeah. little base layer going sure. uh, and I'm just trying to build on it. You Burn know, I, tan. it's a, it's a little known fact that I actually have on my mom's side, I have some Hawaiian roots. <laughs> So, you know, some Pacific Islander, if you will. So actually, I, I tan pretty easily. You wouldn't think that because during the season, I am incredibly pale. And I don't really have an excuse because I play in South Florida. Right. But I never go outside during the season, like ever. So now this has been nice because like I'm able to kind of mix up, you know, 30, 40 minutes of sun. A lot of that, that's really my stretching. I do my stretching in the sun, uh, which in is- the pool. Yeah, in the pool, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, the pool is a good tool for recovery. It, it's like takes off some of the, the weight uh, and allows you to just kind of like move freely and really get into those, uh, into that mobility. Yes, you've also been putting me through some workouts in the backyard. Yes, that's right. Like the occasional Duncan's boot camp. Yeah, I don't have it in it. full like Jimmy Butler mode where it's like, you know, if you're going to be out here with me, then you're going to be like doing right. all my workouts. Right, right, right. I don't have it to that mode, but... When I get back here after my basketball workout around lunchtime, I ask Davis every time, I say, have you been putting in work today? And if the answer is no, he knows what's coming. We're going straight outside yes. 
and we're just going. It's it's Duncan's boot camp, basically. I'm putting him through a, a nice, uh, you know, 30, 30 minute or so session. Actually, Davis's fiance, Casey. Shout out to Casey. First mentioned on the pod. Shout out, Casey. Um, she was out here this weekend as well, and I was. It was it was like a little group workout. It was a lot of fun. We all got better. Yeah, everybody did. eats. Yeah, some more than others. Casey was Casey really brought it. I can't say the same about you. But yeah, anyways, um, all right. Another follow up question, but this actually also was part of the the mailbag. What are your shooting workout? What do your shooting workouts look like this summer? This came from a, a couple different people. So, like you said, you're in the weight room first in the morning, then you're going straight to the court. That those workouts look different every day. But what? Yeah. And, and we've touched on this a little bit. But what are your? Let's say, what are your points of emphasis when it comes to that stuff going on on the court? And what does your shooting specifically look like? Yeah, we'll we'll just dive into the shooting specifically. Um, you know, I don't really, unless it's like, like I said, at night, later in the day, just like trying to get some movement and some shots, I'm not really shooting spots anymore. You know, I, I, I've shot a lot of spots, and, and for maybe those at home who don't know what spots are, shooting spots is like literally when you just have like a passer, rebounder, you're sitting in the same spot and you're like getting reps. You know, so you'll do like make 10 or make 20 at a spot, then move. I don't really do that anymore, so all of my shooting stuff is basically in game-like situations. Uh, our, our trainer out here, guy by the name of Noah LaRoche, he has an entire operation. So there's like 15, 20 guys, uh, not an exaggeration. A whole crew. 15 to 20 people for one player sometimes. And they're basically, it's their job to defend, to give like you know, realistic looks and they have like long sticks to like kind of block and deter shots. Um, and then also there's like other offensive players. So it's like a full blown practice. He actually doesn't call it working out. He calls them practices. Uh, so you're able to like kind of develop the nuance of like moving throughout a game. And, and cause that's so much of like what NBA action is. It should be all levels of action, but like the reality is in college and high school, you get a lot of scripted movement. In the NBA, it's really like, all right, we'll have one action, we'll have a ball screen, we'll have a, a screen away, we'll have something. And then now it's just, once you create that initial advantage, it's like, how can we play off of this advantage? So he does a really good job of simulating that in a workout setting, which I think is, is a hard thing to do, uh, but he does it really well. Yeah, so a lot of, I've watched a couple of these workouts. A lot of the shots you're getting are like in-game, in-rhythm shots. Yeah, 100%. Like you said, it's not really like just repping out a pin down or repping out a handoff or a catch yeah. and shoot. It's like it's every possession is different because like you said, it's hilarious. These I worked for Noah a couple summers ago, but yes. things have, are progre have progressed a little bit since I worked for him. Like you said, there are literally 10 guys out there a lot of the times. Like it's a full-on game going on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you're the only player out there. You're not always, but sometimes you are. So you're getting all the shots, but they're in these you know, kind of free-flowing game-like situations. Yeah, and it challenges you in a, in a unique way. I mean, I think there's there's a time and a place for spots. There's a time and a place for repping out, coming off a pin down. But the reality is you're working out to try to become better in game situations. And he creates these situations in which no two shots are ever the same. And that's how it is in a game. You're never going to be able to come off a screen one possession and then do it the exact same way the next possession and a lot of times when you're doing those types of actions and workouts it's like you know you miss the first one short and you're able to be like okay yeah I got to shoot this one a little bit deeper okay well it's it's unrealistic that you're going to be able to make that in-game adjustment exactly the way that you would in a workout setting so it's it's great in that way and it, it challenges you in a different way and also just from like a, a work capacity standpoint it's just a lot of movement which is good yep 
Um, all right, moving on. I felt. I mean, if that's going to be what one question is, I mean, that was like a 12-minute answer. There's no way we're going to get to 20. No, but we're going to feel it some out. Some could be some quick hitters. Yeah. Anyways, let's, we'll, we'll just keep going. If you feel like it's worth elaborating, we'll elaborate. Yeah. But we can also, you know, if you hate the question, you give three words and we'll move on. Yeah, I like that's that. That's no fine. problem. That's very reasonable. All right, let's take it back a little bit. By the way, I have not shouted out people for these questions. I apologize. Day in the Life came from Big Mike, me, Gordon. Love and that. then a couple people asked about what your shooting workouts look like. The next question is from Queen Tay Tay XO. And they ask, how did the podcast come to be? Where did the name Longshot come from? It's a good question. Yeah. One I've, I've answered, uh, actually, maybe not on the podcast specifically, but I get asked quite a bit. It came about relatively organically. I, uh, I originally connected with JJ in that he just wanted to have me on his podcast. So when we played in New Orleans last year, sorry, two years ago now, um, we connected and, and I did a podcast with him and that exists, I think, on like the Ringers Network or something. And we, we just kind of had a good rapport. And I remember afterwards him like kind of loosely throwing out, you know, at, at some point down the line, maybe, you know, you, you should look into doing a podcast. I, I'm kind of maybe looking into doing my own thing once my deal or contract or whatever it is with the ringers up and, uh, you know, potentially would love to have you. And at that point I was like, all I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. But quite frankly, wasn't really thinking much of it. The, the summer came and went. And, and also, I will say, like, if, it, if he had asked me at that point in my career, I don't think it would have made a lot of sense. I don't think I would have done it, uh, truthfully. But after that summer, after the bubble and everything, and after being done with the bubble, you know, the, the bubble run kind of, I felt, gave me a platform maybe that I didn't necessarily have beforehand. And this is something that I've kind of talked about in, in various interviews or, or what have you about, like, finally having to reckon with the fact that I have a platform and giving, figuring out the best way for me to kind of utilize it. And I, I quickly found out that social media was not that for me. I'm, I'm not very active on social media uh, for, for whatever reason, for me personally. And, and this isn't me coming at anyone who uses social media frequently. I think it's, it's an incredible tool. Um, for me, it, it always felt a little abbreviated and somewhat kind of like disingenuous and curated in a way, because it is in general, like just the, the platform, the way it's constructed. Um, so the, the idea of doing a podcast was appealing and it was kind of a long form setting where people could actually get a feel for who I am as a person and not just see me in little snippets of like, oh, you know, check out my workout or oh, you know, whatever, this is my fit walking into the game. Once well, again, that would be nice. I, I Yeah, and honestly, like, I, I probably should do more of that stuff. Just um, sprinkle it in. Yeah, every now and then. Anyways, after the bubble run, JJ branched off, created his own company, and then basically came to me and said, look, I think the timing is great if you want to do it. I thought it over for a while, and a large part of it being my, my kind of like apprehension was surrounded by the fact that I wanted to maintain a public image of being incredibly focused on my craft. And I realized that that was, I was only concerned about that from the image perspective. And I knew that nothing would actually change from how I handle my business. And I 
was able to come to terms with the fact that that was what mattered the most. And that as long as I was going to continue to prioritize the main thing, which I obviously always will, that it's actually good to have other things, other interests that you have off the court, other avenues. Um, now, once I came to terms with that, I was still really uncomfortable with the fact of doing a podcast by myself. Insert Davis Reed. Yes. I was thinking to myself, all right, who can I potentially incorporate into this? We had thrown around some different players, like kind of do like a you know co-host thing. I really wanted to do it with somebody that I had a great relationship with, somebody that I trusted and somebody that I knew would be really on top of things. And Davis checked all those boxes. And perhaps maybe his biggest contribution to date, he came up with the name, The Long Shot. Uh, my family did. I got to give my, my family was like a think tank. Great. Yeah. Working on names. Power and numbers. Actually, Love my that. sister, I think my sister gets the credit for the name. The for Long sure. Shot. Tess Reed. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Just shout out Tess. I think she's been shouted out before. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so Davis came up with the long shot and, and actually once he came up with the long shot name, it was like, all right, this is, this is meant to be, he, he's gotta be incorporated for Cause for a little there, it was like, he let's, I kind of want to do it with Davis, but like, I don't really know how we're going to do it. And then eventually I just kind of got a little bullish and I was like, yeah, you know what, JJ, like I really want to do it, but if I'm going to do it, I, I want to do it with somebody. Um, and it's been, I mean, I think it's been great. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys for, for listening. We've had some good feedback. Um, but Davis has been obviously a, a huge, huge part of it and really is kind of the, the straw that stirs the drink, if you will, in that he makes so much stuff happen behind the scenes. For me, he, it just allows me to kind of just like show up and record. I feel like an offensive lineman. You know, you're Patrick Mahomes, just just giving me the credit, even though you're just doing magical things in the pocket. But I'll take it. Well, I mean, the left tackle is one of the most important positions eh, in football. Fair enough. And they're, they're confident left tackles are compensated incredibly well. I'm keeping the clean. I'm more of a center. Um, I will say, so you called me in the fall last year, said, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Would you want to do it with me? And my obvious answer was, yeah, that sounds awesome, but why me? And I didn't really think it was actually going to happen. It sounded too good to be true that that JJ wanted you to start a podcast. You were going to go back to him and say, yeah, but I want my friend to do it with me. Like I just saw no world where JJ was going to be like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll blindly accept this guy as your co-host. Uh, well, so, I gave you, I gave you a strong stamp of approval, which I appreciate. I was talking up a big game, which Thank is, you. I'm like a big, uh, kind of like talk shit to your face and build you up behind your back type yeah, of guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, that's kind of my, my MO. Like I don't like to give Davis compliments face to face, even though I've, I've kind of done that on when answering this question, but like behind his back, I'll be like, he's a real deal. Like he'll, he'll take it to another level. This is an appropriate time to mention. We compliment each other a lot on this podcast. We don't really ever compliment no. each other outside of the podcast. Yeah. It's so where it starts and where it stops. We're giving a facade that we're just like constantly hyping each other up. It's actually the opposite. Very true. But anyway, I shout out to JJ and Tommy because I remember we had a zoom meeting last fall to just like discuss the possibility of doing the podcast. And I was so nervous going into it. I thought it was gonna be like an audition for me. So I had like a resume ready. I had like the reasons I was gonna do this with Duncan. You know, it's we'll have rapport. I'll make it more comfortable for him. I'll do some of the work. Like I was ready to sell myself. And we got on and JJ said, so Davis, are you the co-host? I said, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> that's the plan. And he was like, I love it, sounds good. Yeah, so I mean, then that's, I was like, "Oh my god, this is actually happening." That's been the great thing about 
working with 342 is they've just made, they've given us a ton of creative control um, and, and basically just let us do our thing, which, uh, you know, in so many ways, been a uh, dream come true. Anyways, <laughs> that's how the long shot na- name came to be and how the, the, the podcast kind of, you know, came to exist. Yeah. And now we're just rolling and sorry, it's me instead of another NBA player. Yeah. Uh, that's you're, I'm going to, we're, we're going to start seeing that. This should have been Tyrese. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Why is right. Davis doing this? Oh, whatever. Um, all right. Next question. We actually got two people who asked this, uh, both it's not stormy and courts around the world. So shout out to both of them. Uh, but they asked who are the players growing up pro or college that you feel influenced your game the most? It's a good question. Uh, shout out to it's not stormy and courts around the world. Um, so I, I think it's somewhat well documented, at least if you're a listener of the show that I grew up in the Boston area. So I grew up a Celtics fan. Um, for a while there, I, I loved Paul Pierce. I don't really think that I, I play like him all that much, but when Ray Allen came to the Celtics, I started to think like, hey, there, there's a guy that likes to shoot threes. Um, I like to do that. And, you know, I just always had an appreciation for how he would get to his shots. I mean, that was like vintage, uh, you know, floppy action, Doc Rivers, Ray Allen flying off of Glenn Big Baby Davis. Yes. And, and he a lot of times he would come off to like mid-range and, and get to his little, you know, patented jumper. But Ray Allen's one for sure. Um, college guys I looked up to, I mean, I know I just kind of went on a little monologue about him, but honestly, J.J. Redick uh, was just dynamic and dominant. If you weren't a JJ Redick fan and you grew up in the early 2000s, then you weren't a basketball fan. Well, you were either like you either loved JJ Redick or you absolutely hated him. Right. He was yeah, a pretty fair, polarizing fair, fair. character. But I will say polarizing likely equates to greatness. When it comes to basketball, like the most polarizing players are often some of the best. Um I, I think you see it kind of all over. But yeah, I mean, I, JJ... I think that's true for podcasting, too. I'm waiting for people to start hating us. <laughs> I think that's the goal. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you have... To hate, just, like, draw, like, a, a strict line 100%. between, like, love or hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, JJ, his ability to come off of screens, move without the ball, score with limited dribbles, all that stuff. And then, like, as I kind of got older, seeing other guys do that at a high level, Kyle Korver, Clay Thompson... I mean, and, and the ability of like a Kyle Korver, the longevity to do it for such a long time and to really like master that craft uh, really just inspired and, and influenced me in a lot of different ways. Yep. All good answers. I was a big Jimmer guy. Oh, Jimmer was great. I, it was unrealistic for me to ever play like Jimmer. That's though. fair. That's fair. Did you play like Jimmer? Of course not. Yeah. But it's just one of those guys you watch and you're like, I want to do that. Yeah. He was one of the few where like, he had a run there later in his BYU days where he was must-see TV. I'm talking like oh, yeah. Johnny Manziel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Reggie Bush, like that level of college athlete where it's like everybody's tuning in to watch Jimmer just go crazy. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Steve Nash, too. Steve Nash. Lo- probably, yeah. He was probably the pro that I looked at the most. It's yeah. like, I want to play like that guy. Yeah, Steve, Steve is obviously uh, incredible. Um just what he was able to do at, at his size. And, you know, a lot of people would maybe point to his, like, lack of whatever, athletic ability, this, that, or whatever. But he was an incredible mover, like the way he was able to navigate the floor and had a lot of strength 
in areas that perhaps get overlooked when you're like looking at it from the bird's eye view. Yeah. Anyways, next question. What do we got? Next one here. Raroka, Rarocha 94. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Best locker room present. So here's an aspect of the NBA I don't think we've touched on yet, but guys giving each other gifts. Do you have a, a best locker room present that comes to mind? You know, I've, I've gotten some good gifts every year. Uh, you know, some guys do it for the holidays. Some guys will just like get a partnership and, uh, you know, give out some, some stuff of the brand that they're working with. I'll do a couple just like kind of quick hitters. Josh Richardson gave out some Uggs. Uh, those are awesome. Don't sleep on Uggs. Uh, yeah. Speakers like little portable speakers. Uh, I think Bam has, has given those out a couple times. I'm going to kind of cheat the question because it wasn't a universal locker room gift, but my first year, Obviously, Dwayne Wade had a ton of different marketing deals, so we were always getting stuff from him. But my favorite was for his last regular season game in Brooklyn, he wanted everybody to wear a suit. And I had a suit, but like didn't really fit me, and I was like kind of looking out of place. And I don't even really know how he got wind of it. I remember saying like to somebody, like, he, you know, our, our, one of our guys on staff was like, oh, yeah, Dwayne wants everybody to wear suits for the last game. I was like, I don't really have a suit. He's like, all right, well, whatever you can get, like, just do that. And then all of a sudden, like, the next day, Dwayne came up to me and was like, whatever you want for a suit, like, go here to this address. They'll take care of you. <laughs> so I got, like, a, a really nice custom suit uh, courtesy of Dwayne Wade. So that that would be my best wow. locker room present that's a good one but it wasn't like a actually he covered yante matins who was the other rookie yeah the young as guys. well yeah so like he took care of both of us um also at that point in our careers there was a severe discrepancy in our bank accounts <laughs> there is between, still a severe discrepancy. But, no, no no i was gonna say between us two and everybody else in the <laughs> okay. locker room because right. we were on the two ways we were the undrafted guys whatever so Dwayne just took care of us which was really kind is he paying for that suit, or does he just have a relationship with someone? No, I think he. I think he actually. I think he paid for the suit. I mean, either way, because it wasn't like we went to like. I don't know. We didn't go to like some Dwayne Wade brand, whatever. It was just like, kind of like a pop up shop in Miami. Nice. What'd you go with? What color? I went with like a. There's a picture of it floating around somewhere. Let's find it. Uh, all of us on the court in at the Barclays Center. I went with like a blue, like a kind of like a light blue suit with maybe like some yellow it had like a light like yellow kind of pattern on it it was nice it was nice i want to yeah now i got I, we got to it's floating around there somewhere yeah beautiful all right that's a good one yeah all right this it's next good one, question too it's a great question I, I, I do like the questions that kind of acknowledge the overlooked aspects of kind of what comes with being in the nba and agreed. that's one that's great i we i think we have a couple more of those okay good this next one is kind of spicy it comes from our boy sahil and he asks, what is wrong with Ben Simmons' jump shot? So I don't know if he expects you to diagnose that. But then also asks, what is one piece of advice that you would have for him? Okay. Um, in terms of wrong, I, I think that that's a very loaded word. I, I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong. I actually just got into this argument the other day. I do think that when it comes to jump shooting, there's a belief out there that jump shooting can't be taught that it's not like a skill. It's like a skill that can be developed, but not like mechanically, like think about keeping your elbow in and do this and do that. I actually disagree with that. I think that you can teach 
jump shooting. So when I look at Ben shoot, there are some maybe maybe like structural structural setbacks or or limitations i guess you you could say but that doesn't mean that he couldn't be a good jump shooter with those mechanics i think that it's a big part mental honestly i i really do um but with that being said i also think there's a side of it of like there are things that he does that make it very difficult for him to find a repeatable motion, which I've said this a bunch when it comes to shooting. Shooting is all about finding a motion that is efficient and repeatable because that will allow you to do it over and over and over again. Shooting is all about limiting variables. So if you can find something that's comfortable to you that looks different than a J.J. Redick or a Kyle Korver, because you look at those two, and those two shoot differently. They don't shoot the same. I shoot differently than, than those guys as well. There's, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. Um, and I think Ben has some little things he could tweak here and there, but I, I really do think a lot of it's mental. Um, but, I mean, with that being said, I think it actually should go without saying that Ben is – I mean, he's an incredible player. Uh, first, first team all defense, yeah, yeah perennial all star, and just is so impactful in so many more ways than just being able to to shoot. Obviously, you see clips of him like in the summer in pickup runs, which obviously is a lot different than an NBA game. But pulling up from three and hitting turnaround jumpers, and like, the ability is there. Do you buy into any of the uh, switch hands? I, I, I don't, I'm not like too far removed from the situation to really like have a too strong of an opinion. But I think that that points to something that we've talked about on this podcast before guys like Brian Scott and Brittany have brought up in that it's an entirely different world to step onto an NBA court and perform. There are so many guys that are, you know, can shoot. 80 out of 100 or do this or do that. And it's like when you step in between the lines, everything everything changes. Like it, it's, it's what you see in the jump from high school to college or college to the NBA. Like when you make that jump to another level, everything just changes. Like I remember thinking my, my first year in the NBA when I was a, a rookie on a two-way contract, I shot like 28% from three on the year. And it's like – Okay, you look at that and be like, oh, well, Duncan doesn't know how to shoot. It's like, well, no, I I think I still knew how to shoot. It's just really hard to get adjusted to playing at, at an NBA level, especially when you're working with limited minutes. That's its own thing. But so much of it is like getting comfortable and confident in that setting because you can have the all the ability in the world, but if you're not like playing free in the mind, it's so, so hard to perform. Which is so much easier said than done. A million times. And comes back to your, it does seem like some of it might be mental. And we're not here to diagnose that. Yeah. I'm not here to, to diagnose anything related to Ben Simmons' jump shot. Right. Because at this juncture, Ben Simmons is a better NBA player than I am. <laughs> by a, a long shot, if sure. you will. Sure. Um, but, yeah. Anyways. So your advice to him would be, find something that's repeatable and rep it out. That's my advice to every, everybody yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That's but all I got. Yeah, that's your advice. takes us to our next question from anonymous pig which is what's the best piece of advice you've received this is a great question it's a, it's a good question um 
I got. T- I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cheat the the answer and, and go with two. More the merrier. I'm gonna say the first one is. However you want to say it, it's either run your race or if you're a yogi and really into yoga, focus on your mat. Ooh. Because I think that particularly in this world that we live in with social media and all this information is so easily and readily available, there is this constant need and want to compare. And I think that when it comes to sports, if you just focus on self-improvement and competition over comparing, you're going to be so much better off. Because I remember early on in my career when I was in high school, like high school is honestly the worst because generally you're younger, you're, everyone's kind of figuring, finding their way, insecure, all, you know, all sorts of stuff. And the high school basketball scene is like so gossipy over offers and Twitter is like ablaze with so-and-so is hearing from this school and this school and they just got this offer. And as a player, it's like you're, you're constantly being reminded of what's going on around you and you can so easily tie your own self-worth up in that. And I got really good advice from a variety of people, um, a main one being my dad and some of my closest friends over, listen, like just, just focus on you. Like there is, there's some, there's what's best for you. And that's different than what's best for somebody else. And I think that my ability, and it's not always perfect because I haven't always, of course, there's always still today. I I get caught up in comparing, like it it doesn't, it's just, you got to continue to fight that urge. But like, I think that my ability to kind of embrace that actually ultimately gave me a competitive advantage over others because I was just so concerned with where I was, where my feet were, that it allowed me to like maximize opportunities. And that's not to say that I didn't miss opportunities because I was caught up in the wrong shit because I was. That happened also and that will teach you to be more kind of like self-aware. What kind of shit were you caught up in? Just like just caring about the wrong things, you know, your normal high school, college, like everything that doesn't matter that you think matters. Rankings. Yeah. Offers. Sure. Uh, social status. Yeah. Uh, insert any other like learning, to, learning to read. Yeah. Well, I, I was pretty good at that. Eh. I, I read at a pretty high level <laughs> by the time I was 10 years old. Um, but uh, yeah, that, so that's my first one. Run your race slash focus on your own mat. Quick, what do you got? I got just a couple things on that. A couple follow-ups. One, you said when it pertains to sports particularly, but that's everything. It's everything. Everything. 100%. In fact, I was just talking to someone the other day, Noah, we just shouted out Noah, your trainer, who we had the exact same conversation about him training and us with this podcast and how you can view things in two planes. You have the competitive plane and you have the creative plane. Love that. And what he was saying was you throw away the competitive plane. He doesn't even pay attention to what other trainers are doing. He was saying, don't even pay attention to what other podcasts are doing. You guys focus on the creative and you do what you want to do. You focus on yourselves. You focus on your mat. I think that relates to business. When you're in corporate America, you don't focus on who who else is getting the promotion. You focus on yourself. I just think it pertains to everything outside of sports. Secondly, with social media, it is really hard. You have to consciously decide that you're not going to compare because you can compare at the touch of a button whenever you want. And not only are you comparing, but you're comparing to a world that's not real. And so it's very, very dangerous. So I think that's incredible advice. 
I love that. And I, I want to reiterate, I was speaking to, for me, it, it was it pertained to sports and everything, but I think exactly right. It applies to so much more than just that. Okay, so that's good. One, what's your second? Um, my second one, and I'll try to keep it a little bit shorter, is a combination of my mother and Coach Spo. Uh, my mom, what had, a combo. my mom had always kind of said it at like the macro level, but Coach Spo gave me kind of a saying that helped me like zero in on it. And Coach Spo's saying is this: You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time around. Ooh. And I absolutely believe it. And my mom would always tell me growing up, you know be very conscious over who you're spending time with, who you choose to be your friends, who you let in your circles, all this thing. But Coach Spo gave me that kind of like very clear image of you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time around. And I think what it does is I think, first of all, it's absolutely true. And second of all, I think it allows you to be much more uh, deliberate over who you let in, who who you give access to. And that's that's it all. I, I'm still making those decisions every single day because I think who you give access to has a direct impact into who you are as a person. So whenever you're looking, evaluating a relationship and that's not like that, that's a friendship, that's a, you know, a brother or sister, whatever it may be. And family is a little different, but whatever it may be, you need to evaluate, is this person giving me life? Is this person adding value is this person neutral? Is this person taking away? And that's not to say that like you need to like cut people off or whatever, but you just need to at least be conscious of it and, and understand that, okay, if I want to achieve something special or great, I need to be surrounded by like-minded individuals. And that doesn't mean that all my friends have to want to play in the NBA. It means that all my friends have to be motivated in certain ways or, you know, be conscious and caring for others and, you know, all, all those other things that matter. Um, so, so that's my second one, which I think has made a big difference in my life as well. Which is why when you come home after a workout, I need to have already gotten my yes. email sent. Yes. I need to have you need to be on, you know, my on workout your, done in the backyard. Yeah. I'm on the, fr I'm not trying to get cut out. Well, we're not doing that. I'm not okay. like, it's not like a, it's not like a, <sighs> uh, what was it? Team mobile, my five plan. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like that. Or like a MySpace. Yeah. It's not that, but it's just more so like be aware of it basically. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyways, that's my that's my two advice. What two, do we got? Honestly, two good pieces of advice. I appreciate that. Do you have any advice for the people? No, none. None. I've got nothing for you guys. Okay. Just keep doing you. I like that. That's fair. That's good too. That, that works as well. Here's some advice my mom gave me that I still think about daily uh, because I'm a very indecisive person. And she would always tell me, what are you going to remember in 40 years? Which I think is really good advice yeah. to a certain extent, right? Like it doesn't mean like go do something insane because it's memorable. Right. But there are often times where it's like, I don't really feel like doing this. I'd rather stay at home. It's like, right. what are you going to remember in 40 years? That's my first. My second one is, here's a quote for you. You ready? Every man has two lives. His second begins when he realizes he only has one. That's nice. Whoa. That's nice. All right, there you go. I like that's, that. That's all I got for you. Okay, next question. Beautiful Beats 99 asks, what five NBA players would you choose to defend planet Earth against the aliens? Is that current? Let's go current. Yes. I don't want to do current. Let's do non-current. Okay, fine. Non-current. Can't be actively in the NBA. Done. Defend against aliens? Defend against the aliens. You got five players who apparently can't be current. 
who you're defend who are defending us against the aliens. I'm gonna assume this is again in basketball. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like a fight. But I, that would be an interesting question too. Um. All right, we're just gonna go rapid fire on this. Well, five. Give me five. I know. Okay. I'm gonna go. Mind you, this isn't like my top five, my best five. This is just my five. Well, and you got to think about the moment, right? Like right. the aliens are a death beam pointed yeah. at Earth. <laughs> I want. It's too. It's too bad that Andre's still playing because I would for sure want to get Um I got Allen Iverson. Okay. I'm thinking that the aliens are a re- like a running gun team, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put together like a team that could just really. Fill what it makes up. you think the aliens are running? I don't know. Just it fits. Yeah, it fits. Sure, we'll roll uh, with it. I, I I envision that they're like ahead of us light years in technology. Therefore, right. they're ahead of us light years in like basketball analytics as well. Yeah. So they really like. There's been a, a conscious pushback of like people in today's era that like push back on analytics yeah but they're so far beyond us they've like fully embraced it yeah so you think three and d is here to stay is what you're saying like they are launch they're just launching yes Yes. fast paced well they might have even like tapped into some just other like dimension of analytics (laughs) that we haven't even 200 possessions per game yeah right okay uh so i'm going Actually, you know what? This is changing. I was going to say Iverson at the one, but he's taking a lot of tough twos. Yeah, true. I'm going to go Nash at the one. Okay. I'm going to go. I mean, you got to go Mike. Yes. I'm going to go Mike at the two. Goodness. I, I Now I've kind of backed. My, I'm going to go Larry Bird at the three. You have to. You're a Boston guy. Yeah, he can get him up. Uh, Timmy D at the four. Winner. And Akeem Olajuwon at the five. Okay. Steve Nash. Yeah. Michael, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Akeem Olajuwon. That's my five. It's hard to argue I don't love against. it now that I've said it out loud, <laughs> but... No, this is good. This is top of head. It's okay. Five guys that you want. I mean, that's a, it's a good five. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. I do. All right, what do we got next? Yeah. Do you want to do your five? Are they? I think the aliens might kill us. <laughs> that's probably a conversation for another time. Do you want to do your five or not? Yeah, but I would go current. Because I'm trying to put together the best five possible. Okay. Well, I, I was staying. I was staying away from current. I'm going LeBron at the one. I'm going just current. I'm not going to go Michael at the two. I'm going LeBron. I'll do the opposite. You do past. I'll do current. All right. Fine. I'm going LeBron at the one. I'm going healthy boat clay at the two. Because <laughs> that guy just feels like he has life figured out yeah, now. He does. Like I want to send him up against the aliens. Yeah. I'm going Giannis at the three. KD at the four. Anthony Davis at the five. <laughs> I love it. That's good. That's my five. Against That's a good aliens. team. Yeah. Boat Clay, I think, is what pushes us over the edge. Yeah. All right. Whatever. A healthy Boat Clay. That's good. I have no idea how that went. Um, all right. Next question. Comes from Clayton. Clayton as in your father? No, it's like, oh, we're just, it's like Prince, you know, just like one name. This, oh, comes okay. from, this comes from Clayton. Just Clayton. Yeah. If you need a basket at the end of finals game seven, any current player, I'm making you give a current player. Who do you go with? Come really, on. Really, I know this makes you uncomfortable. You're really putting my back up against a wall I here. I think it's Clayton. important to give people their flowers, you know? I mean, the competitive side of me wants to say myself. <laughs> Hell yeah. I've been waiting for an answer like this. Um, I'm going to exclude myself from the discussion. No, no. Let the answer be you, please. <laughs> I'm going to exclude myself oh, from the no. discussion. Say it with your chest. Uh, so I'm going to pick somebody for game seven of the finals. 
it would be really, really hard for me to go with anybody else but Kevin Durant. Yeah, that feels like the obvious answer to me. From the standpoint of like, you know he's going to get a shot. 100%. And you know it's got a pretty good chance of going in. Yes. He's just, he's got a whole lot of game. And there's, there's just not that much more to it. Than <laughs> Is it that. like painful? He's like, to- he's seven feet tall and he's got a lot of game. I mean, if we're talking about like an ISO at the top of the key, it's Durant. If we're talking about like a, a kick out Robert Horry three. You. I think I might be in the mix for that. I don't know. In the mix. It's you. (laughs) It might might be me. I want the ball. But if we're talking ISO, I also, a strength of mine I feel is that I I have a good grasp on my limitations. You're like Jimmy Chipwood in the huddle. Coach, I'll make it. Yeah. Give me the ball. Anyways. I agree. That's what I got. One-on-one ISO. I don't know if I want you with the ball. But kick out at the top of the key. No one else I'd rather have. I appreciate that. I mean that. You're somewhat inclined to say that. Yes, I'm also in, trying to, yeah. you know, stay Required. in your, your uh, Team Mobile, Mobile my Team five. Mobile top five. Go ahead. What's next? Uh, next question comes from, Let's, oh no, I didn't want to ask this one. Next one comes from C-Note 5. They ask, how many possessions would it take for Davis to score on Duncan? Which is such a disrespectful question. I don't think he scores. It says game to 11, mind you. That's such a disrespectful question. Why is it not how many possessions it would take Duncan to score on me? Wait, 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 wait. Is this in a game to 11 or is this just in general? No, no, no. We're so just some, going until you score. No, no, no. So C-Note just asked how many possessions would it take for Davis oh. to score on Duncan. Someone else asked what the score would be in a game to 11. Um, You can tackle one or both of those, but if I I'm, will also. If I'm like... Well, I would be really dialed in. Yeah, no, there's like there's like money on the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. Um, Every stop you get, you get like. I feel like I the a strength is that I really have a good grasp of your game. Eh, it's been a while. I've adapted. Have you? Eh, I feel I like you with all opposite. due respect, I feel like you've regressed. I haven't touched the basketball in months. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not letting you shoot like a. Uh, like a you're check not, up jumper. Like a jab. No, I'm yeah. just not going to let you you're do that. I'm going to make you put the ball on the ground. I'm going to make you go to your right. And I just, I, I, I'm going to be so physical borderline, like hacking you yeah. because it's one-on-one and like, you can't call everything right that. I mean, I, I think it, obviously at some point you'd score. I'll say like, you're not letting me get to like my hezzy. No, left. no, it's just, it's just not going to happen. I, and, and mind you, I'm not, Kawhi Leonard over here. No, but, no, that's what I'm saying. But I, I think I'm scoring at I'll, some point. I'll say, I'll say your sixth or seventh, sixth or seventh possession. Yeah, like your, you know, combination of fatigue and some boredom. I'm just like because right, uh, you get tired before I do. No, well, no, but it just more means like it's like mental fatigue of like, all right, we're still doing this after like four or five possessions. Do I have a dribble limit? No. That changes a little bit, but still, I don't think you do. If we played three dribbles, then I'm scoring it's like within 10. three within three possessions. I'm scoring. If it's if we're playing three dribble limit, then it's it's ten possessions. Ten, yeah, eight to ten. I don't really want to argue this with you, but honestly, C note, this is a disrespectful question. Ethan, game to eleven. How many do you score? Game to eleven ones, not make it take it. No, make it take it. No, 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 not make it okay. take it. Make it take it. You don't score. No. No, no way. I'm scoring. Not make it, take it 11 to four. Okay. That's fine. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a real answer. If it's make it, take it, you're getting one or two. 
Yes, but you're not shutting. There's okay. no way I'm not scoring. Okay, that's fine. All right, thanks, guys. I'll I, allow that. Thanks for those questions. Um, Brandon Wright asks, for both of you, what is your favorite podcast moment so far? This is fun. Let's go down memory lane. It's only been seven months. Brandon Wright. Is that UNC legend Brandon Wright? No, spelled Probably differently, not. unfortunately. It's, uh, it's Wright like with a pen, Wright. Oh, interesting. Brandon um, Wright. I would say favorite podcast moment so far would that's tough either be the first episode of like just kind of like the giddiness of having our content out there and like for the public to actually listen to and like hanging on to every single you know feedback or review or whatever funny story uh, first episode was at your apartment it was just the two of us oh yeah this is good and we we uh we went in to our little studio setup we sat down we pushed record and we just started talking we had no game plan, no notes, no flow, nothing. We just said beforehand. We went off cuff. Let's just talk about why we wanted to do a podcast, how we know each other, and we'll just go. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Neither of us have, you've done like guest appearances on a podcast, but you've never hosted a podcast. Well, actually, I, I did host a podcast in college. You and Doc. It's incredibly disrespectful to Andrew Dockage. Shout out to Andrew Dockage. Doc, the Doc and Dunk Show. I'm Check sorry, it out. Doc. It was di- it's different, though. It's different. <laughs> As a professional in this lane, it was just Yeah, it was different. different. It was different. I'd never done anything, so we didn't really know what we were doing. We go in there, we talk for about 10 minutes, and then it just kind of gets quiet, and we look at each other, and we're like, all right, we should probably stop. Let's do this again. So we, <laughs> we It was really up. bad. It was bad. And there was a moment, you've admitted this to me since, and I felt the same way. There was a moment where it was like, what are we doing? Yeah, we are, might have made a big mistake. Are we sure that we can even do that? Am I sure that I, why did he ask me to do this? Yeah. There's a lot of self doubt that creeps in in moments like that, but it's all about just perseverance, perseverance, continue to push through. We're uh, still terrible, but at least we know. Yeah. We've, doing. we've, you know, it's all about progression. Yeah. You know, maintaining a somewhat linear progression. Brick by brick. Um, so yeah, I would say either the first episode or interviewing SVP. That was oh, pretty yeah. cool. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's yeah. like, I, I grew up watching him all the time on sports center and then to have the tables be turned, me have him as a guest. That was cool. Us have him as a guest. Sorry. Yeah. Jeez. Come on. Sorry. Man. I will say, yes, I, there were moments throughout the SVP one where I was, I spaced out a little bit and I was like, this is pretty wild. I'm on, just that I'm on a zoom call with Scott Van Pelt. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That yeah. was, that would have been up there for me. Um, I really honestly, uh, the Friday beers episode, would be up there for me. Really? Just because it was in person. Like that was the first, that was our first in-person interview. It just felt like a more legitimate podcast experience. We're in there speaking with people in person setting. I just think the more that we can do that, it just feels like a more intimate setting. Yeah. It was very enjoyable. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I enjoyed that one a lot as well. Um, I, I was a dark horse though for, for sure, for being up there with the favorites. For sure. Um, that was a good question. What yeah. else we got? Next one. Uh, top five cereals. You've kind of dabbled in this question before. We know you're a Special K guy. Yeah, Special K is one for Give sure. Give me your top five. This comes from Luke Goldberg, 23, by the way. So are we doing like big picture? So like, can I say Special K originals? Yes, Special give K me a specific. Okay. You, are, you are pouring a box of cereal okay. into a Special bowl. Special K original is one. Okay. Uh, honey bunches of oats. Classic. With uh, the, the almond one is two. Okay. With the sliced almonds? Sliced almonds. Yep. Two. I'm going to throw a sugar cereal in there. Have to. 
Cinnamon Toast Crunch is three. Classic, yeah. With or without shrimp? Without what? With or without shrimp. Shrimp? Yeah, remember this? You know the shrimp? It came in the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You don't remember that? Oh, I do. Without shrimp. Okay. Um, is that a true story? Yes. Oh, dear. Well, maybe. I would be scarred. Ah, whatever. I would on. still probably end up eating Cinnamon For Toast sure. Crunch. Uh, that's one, two, three. Four is Special K Fruit and Yogurt. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And five, I'm on a little, this is a little bit of a recency bias, but Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We've got <laughs> two Costco boxes in the pantry back honey there. Honey Nut Cheerios is just solid. So solid. It's just so, it's, yeah. it's just like, it's a fastball on yep. the outside edge. Oh, my You know gosh. what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, gonna get it done more times than it's a hundred percent i couldn't agree with you more yeah i don't think it'd be in my top five though that's a pretty good top five what's your top five well there would be some duplicates uh i think i would go honest i'm going captain crunch with the berries that's a bizarre call oh, number one uh, it's top three okay with cinnamon toast crunch and special k fruit and yogurt Okay. That's Those are story. my top three in no particular order. I, that's a tough one. Raisin Nut Bran. Don't sleep on Raisin Nut Bran. That's a bizarro take. Do not sleep on Raisin Nut Bran. I grew up I'm with having it. some... Oh I'm, my gosh. Like seriously. No, I'm telling you, if, if for, go, for you guys who have not had Raisin Nut Bran, just do yourself a favor. I think I need to reevaluate. Have some, some Raisin Nut Bran. Five is probably honey bunches of oats i think i'd also have it in my top five that's fair i mean it's it's four out of five would i would Dude, say i'm telling you you're disrespecting raisin nut brand right now and i don't appreciate it <laughs> wacky move amazing Anyways. um all right let's do a couple more here exo perina wants to know what's our song of the summer well what's your song of the summer my song in the summer. So yeah. I, I, I'm on a big Tom Mish Ooh, kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Mike G for putting me on Tom Mish. Yes. Huge Tom Mish fan all of a sudden. So I'm going to go with uh, It Runs Through Me mm, that's with a good one. De La Soul. Uh, great song. Great song. I, I would say that that, as of now, I've been playing that one a lot, uh, is, is up there. And yeah, that, I would say that that's probably mine. What do that's you got? a good summer LA song too. It is, yeah. You put it's that in like the some, backyard. Kind of some funky vibes, yes. kind of hanging out. Yes, it's got like a little bit of a rap component to it, more of like a lyrical component. Yep. than like rap, but anyways, that's that's what I got. What do you got? I've been listening to a lot of Kygo recently. Love that for you. A lot of Kygo. Um, so yeah, I'd go. Uh, Stargazing. We've been playing that. Love one that. Stargazing. Shout out to Justin Jessup. Yep. Jesso. Jessup. Jesso. I, one or the other. We had a chance to see Kyger recently, and it was special. Um, he's fantastic live. So that was a lot of fun. That, me saying Kygo was kind of a way to tee that story up for you. Yeah. But we, if we don't want to go there, that's well. Fine. We don't. We, can, we don't have to like totally can, unpack it. We but. can keep it pushing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Shout out to Kygo. I will say. Uh, incredibly enjoyable concert. That guy makes hits. Does. Uh, and he I have an, such feel good music. Incredible. There's like, he plays so many songs that you're like, Oh wow. I forgot Kygo does this. Yes. Song. And it's just like every single one you can just kind of like get to move into. There were so many moments of like, Oh my God, I did not realize this was his song. Yeah. Smash. 
Straight hits. Everything he touches is a hit. Shout out, Kygo. All right, last one. Let's do one more here. This comes from Nolan Ecker, and he asks, what's the best dunk Duncan has ever thrown down, and can Davis dunk? Okay, another – actually, never mind. I take it back, Nolan. I was going to say another disrespectful question, but that's not at all a disrespectful question. I changed my mind. The how long would it take Davis to score on Duncan is a disrespectful question. This one – Wait, why? It's not. It's only disrespectful if he had followed it up with – he probably would never score or something like that. It's I'm not a just, disrespectful I'm question. I'm just kidding. I just wish the, I wish the question was, uh, how long would it take Duncan to score on Davis? It would be one possession. <laughs> but continue. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. What's the best dunk Duncan has ever thrown down, and can Davis dunk? I'll answer, I'll, I'll answer the second part first. Davis, I don't think can could, dunk anymore. Could. Davis had a time in his life when we were both in high school and we were at uh, Exeter together he was like splitting ball screens, getting up and like, not like LeBron slingshot, <laughs> but like kind of close. Lefty slingshot dunking with authority. Uh, you're giving me a little too much credit. But yes, there was a period You had a bouncy life. stretch. There was a period in my life when I could dunk. It was at Exeter mostly. Best shape of my life probably was at Exeter. Yeah, you were athletic. I think those rims were a little low, if we're being honest. Uh, like, I don't... I mean... Close, close enough that nobody would like really. I'll, I'll say this. Never dunked in a game. I could dunk, but it was the level of dunking where like when I did it, it was a big deal. You know what I mean? I don't, but I, I think my point being is for a stretch there, it wasn't that. There's maybe a couple months where I was pretty springy and it stopped being as big of a deal, but it was always like if I got one down yeah. solid, it was like I felt very good about myself. Fair enough. Uh, as for the best dunk I've ever had in a game... Gosh, I would maybe say I had like I had an and one dunk in in high school. Uh, Whoa, kind of dunked on somebody. Who? I don't. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, irrelevant. I really don't. I really don't remember. Um, I'll put it this way: I've been dunked on far more <laughs> times than I've dunked on. People. Oh my god, the Texas alley oop. Yeah, I mean the Texas alley oop being the uh, what's his name Jericho Sims. Yeah, Jericho Sims. That's probably the best example. Of We're gonna being find that dunked picture. on. It's a fun clip. Uh, I've yet to live that one down. I hear about that one often. We actually thought about blowing that picture up and putting it in the background. Yes. of the podcast. It's such a oh gosh, just demoralizing image of like him. Us both clearly trying to get off the ground, him just dropping me off at the eighth floor and him going all the way to 14. Yes. And I just like kind of have that face of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And yeah. him just dunking. You know how some of those hotels have separate elevators for the higher floors? Yes. Yeah, you were the one that could only go to the 10th. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another, another good dunk that I've had was in the G League though. Um, not so much because of the dunk, but because of the move that preceded it. Yes. I had like... This was against Chemezi Metu. I had like a, a big right to left crossover cross. going to the baseline. And the dunk was actually kind of weak. It was like a soft, like two-handed. No, no, no. But it like it was it was a firm dunk. I know, but though. it looked unathletic. Not really. Well, whatever. It was more the move that was like it was like a big right to left. Uh probably in some way or shape or form illegal. I think it was either a carrier or something. A little know. bit, but you got away with it. Anyways, yeah, I got away with it. So that's up there as well. But yeah, not not that uh Pretty easy question, actually, because there's really not that much to recall. On. No, there are a couple more. I think this year your backdoor catch reverse was pretty smooth. That was decent. My alley oop from Dwayne Wade. Alley oop from Dwayne Wade 
all time. To be, it has to be up there. All time. Th- that would be like, the question is, what's the best Doug, Doug has ever thrown down? That was not a yeah, throw right, down. That right, was right, like right. a, like in 2K when they have like the rim grazer package. Yeah, yeah. That was like a, get your fingertips over the limb, for the yeah. rim and kind of place it in while grabbing the rim. There's a layup while you touch the rim. Yeah. I mean, it counts as a dunk and it counts as an alley-oop, so I don't really want to hear it. There's one in Vegas summer league oh yeah where you go down the middle of the lane i gotta end one on that too yeah. that was uh who was that on cheek diallo you threw that one down pretty pretty uh yeah that solidly. was almost like a little like kind of double clutch you had a little a little yeah, pump a little to hitch it, a little to pump it. action yeah whatever you a couple in your every now and then yeah. i always tell people i'll start dunking more when it's worth three points you know what i mean nice yeah, smooth. classic very smooth shout out to spike albrecht for that one that's a great one <laughs> I think that's probably good. We have some more here. I apologize to those questions that we didn't get to. No, we, we covered a lot of bases. I that was like a lot of fun. And uh, give us some feedback on, on if people like the mailbag because yeah. we enjoy doing it, but we have no idea of what the masses think. Hey, competitive, creative. We're just going to focus on the creative. Well, no, we we're like also trying it. to like develop a relationship with our hundred percent our fan not fans our friends community our friends in the community our yeah. people our long shotters we still need a name anyways we yeah. need a name our uh, launchers i still like launchers thank you <laughs> thank you for tuning in to episode 23 and we'll see you next week on the long shot peace